630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores. Raleigh takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Kessel threw it out front. Latang redirected home beautifully by Sidney Crosby. Oilers now in a tie game. Here's Chase on it. He bulldozed his way through Daniel Sprong. Turned and shot. That was blocked. Got it back. Fired and scored. What a play by Alex Chason. His first goal is an Edmonton Oiler. Hagman centering pass. Great shot. Dumoulin has it stopped. What a play by Clefbaum. And here come the Oilers. Three on two left to right. Over the line. Dry settle to McDavid. Back in front. Score. Leon Dreisaitl, second of the game. In across the line, Hornka, sharp angle shot. Juicy rebound, rebound, score. Jamie Alexiak, we are tied at five. Brassard to Johnson, in over the line with a drop pass to Crosby. High slot, shadowed by Strom. Crosby waiting, peeling, cornering. What a move around Strom. Backhander, score, Sandy Crosby. An unbelievable move to There's one you will not soon forget. The Edmonton Oilers may have wound up on the wrong end of it, but it was a classic last night at Rogers Place. I'm going to throw this one out there for you, everybody. Now, it is not a very old building. Best game ever played at Rogers Place? I think it might be. Uh, Maybe not the most significant in terms of the impact on an Oilers season. I might put game five against San Jose when David Darnay scored in overtime, but in terms of pure excitement, back and forth, a display of skill, some unlikely goal scorers, uh, a rare penalty call, a fight, all of that, maybe the best game ever played at Rogers Place. Your feedback, welcome, 630-630 is the number to text. You can also call 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Eskimos are on a bye. The big game for them, though, is Friday, Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh-oh, and a Winnipeg win would eliminate the Eskimos from the playoffs. I'll give you your full NHL scoreboard later on this half hour, but quickly, early second period, Toronto up one nothing on the the Winnipeg Jets, and the man who called last night's game on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network, my good buddy Jack Michaels. Hey, Jack, how's it going? Good, Reed. You know I always love the leadoff hole, so I'm uh, sitting pretty tonight. You are the Ricky Henderson of Inside Sports. Fair enough? Uh, without the power or the speed, <laughs> yes. And the general of baseball ability. Other than that, you're exactly like Ricky Henderson. Well, I've got general baseball ability as it relates to the rest of the North Americans, whatever that would be. What would that be? I, I don't even know how many North how many North Americans are there. I could probably be general baseball ability, including all of North America. But beyond that, no. Well, you do have experience as a baseball coach, though. 
Yes, and I've played. What I'm saying is it, amongst the general populace, if we included everybody, including infants and perhaps <laughs> like great. dogs and cats, I would be in the you know, above the 50 percentile. All right. Well, okay. I'll give you that. That, that's, that sounds fair for sure. Uh, Capitals coming in tomorrow. We're, we're going to tee that up. Uh, we'll talk about it. John Walton from their broadcast booth is on the show. Last night's game, uh, I, I mean, incredible. And to me, Jack, once, once it was 2-2, and then obviously there was another quick goal to make it 3-2. I was talking to Jalen with Andrew but, but before uh, before the show started here. You know, once it kind of reached that 2-2, 3-2 point, I, I really thought, okay, this is going to be 5-4, 6-5, you know, maybe 7-5 or 6-4 with an empty net. I wasn't sure after the first period, even though there were a lot of chances, but once it started rolling in the second period, I thought, here we go. Who's going to be perhaps an unlikely hero or which star player like Crosby or McDavid will be the hero in the end? Well, you know, it was it was one of those nights where you knew it'd end up a high-scoring game because Crosby and McDavid hadn't done significant damage yet, and we were already at three, three, and four, four. I mean, that that was the thing. Crosby got the tip in on the power play goal, which kind of opened your clip there. But then, you know, it was kind of quiet for Sid and, and Connor McDavid for the next two and a half periods, and then that's when things got interesting. So I, I actually had this. You know, it's funny, Reed. You and I don't often. Uh, see things identically, but yeah, I, I got the same feeling. Once it was 2-2 two, two or 3, you know, and all of a sudden you guys chase on and Alexiak have two goal games, you, you know we're going somewhere on the scoreboard and it it just turned into a fabulous game, well played on both sides, scoring chances all over the place. The kind of game that coaches fear, but the kind of game that that really brings brings the fans into the NHL. I mean, there's a significant night tonight, and I don't know whether it's been you know talked about a great deal in Canada, but I find it significant that NBC Sports is going to get out of its comfort zone a little bit and broadcast uh, Toronto and Winnipeg with the two top picks being the highlights as far as the 2016 draft. I, I, I get why NBC's doing it, by, uh, but I applaud them. I mean, it's about time. Uh, it's long overdue, and I think it's you know it's the it's the first time that you know NBC has broadcast two Canadian teams, and it's also reflective of NBC maybe seeing the writing on the wall that some of the best young talent is on the Canadian teams right now. Sure, Austin Matthews cynics will say, well, their only reason they're doing it is because Austin Matthews is an American. Well, so be it. Like, uh, get these Canadian teams on there because there's some explosive games to be played, and you know it, it's funny. I was talking with a Pittsburgh brass last night and and we we all agreed like you know if edmonton pittsburgh played 30 times a year none of us would be upset about it (laughs) they're always great games and last night was no exception jack michaels joining us on inside sports at 6 12 and the leafs add another one here now up two nothing in winnipeg the second period is uh three minutes old so we'll keep an eye on that one of course throughout the evening uh Alex Chason did not practice today. He says he's going to play tomorrow. I have some clips coming up with him later on on Inside Sports. Uh, He says he'll likely wear a modified helmet to protect the stitches he got on his ear. I mean, what what a couple of goals! (laughs) I mean, the the uh, nearly a third. I mean, right before he got hit. In the year with the puck, he rung one off the bar. I mean, he was within an eyelash of his first ever hat trick. And, and uh, you know, I kind of jokingly, I don't know whether you overheard, but I said, do you feel like Sid stole your thunder? Because 
you know, if the Oilers maybe win that game 4-2, no one's talking about a Sidney Crosby goal. They're talking about uh, the first goal the chase on scored, which was a thing of beauty in one motion, putting it down with his glove and, and sweeping it in off balance. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what Edmonton's been missing to this point in the season, Reed. And it's nice to see some secondary scoring because that's what kept the Oilers close last night, not Connor McDavid, the, the, you know, the secondary players. And I think that's why you, know, you take a point out of that game to be sure, but you also take a lot of confidence in the sense that you know, they got some production from guys not named Connor McDavid. Jason obviously leading the way with two. Dreisaitl got a couple. McDavid did have a goal and an assist. So the Oilers sit at 3-3-1 on the season. Next up is uh, the Washington Capitals. I mentioned uh, we're going to have John Walton on the show a little bit later on. We'll see how he enjoyed his time in uh, in Whistler with the team and the other the other broadcasters. The Capitals scores, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go through them later, but if, if people are on their uh, phones or on the computer, check out the Capitals' schedule and some of the scores in their games. Perhaps the uh, the the best example of uh, of some of the early season looseness that that, that can uh, come into the NHL. They're always fun to watch. I mean, the Oilers' power play is a big story uh, at what it has been doing, but the Capitals' power play is almost at forty percent, Jack. Well, and you saw Reed today at practice, and I know you haven't had a chance to kind of go over your thoughts on today's practice, but I'm sure you'll touch on that later with respect to the Oilers. Spent a significant chunk of time with a scout team out there um, and and Tom McClellan talking about Ovechkin and John Carlson and the guys that make that power play go because he knows that special teams has been absolutely you know vital to the Oilers this season and and that's the old you know old added special teams and goaltending but I mean in Edmonton seven games every time the Oilers have been a plus in the special teams category they've at least gotten the point the only blemish was last night where they got the two power play goals as compared to Pittsburgh's one and had to settle for a point. But he knows that there's a good chance, if you're able to neutralize Washington's special teams, that you're going to be able to beat them five on five. Because to this point, Braden Holtby has not been on form, uh, and Washington has relied heavily on that power play to scratch out a 4-2-2 two two record. I mean, they've, they've needed that power play because, quite frankly, Reed, if they didn't have it going, uh, their record would probably be at least in reverse, if not worse. Well, that's a great point. I mean, the Capitals are, are four, two, and two, and I, and I think from an Oilers perspective, Jack. Um, I mean, the, the things I talked about in the summer, Talbot and special teams, and, and can that swing the goals against differential enough? Now, I know Talbot wasn't happy about a couple of goals last night. One in particular, uh, the Horn- Hornquist first goal, and and and, and fair enough. Uh, and, and you know, Murray made a couple clutch saves late, so good for him. He he won the goalie duel. But Talbot's been pretty good, I think, uh, with the exception of the New Jersey game. But, I mean, if the Oilers aren't 30% on the power play, and also not just that percentage, but when they scored the goals, I mean, what are we looking at, Jack? 2-5, 1-5, and 1? You know what? I, people keep saying Talbot's, Talbot's playing very well. I, I think Talbot would tell you... You know, he holds himself to a higher standard and then he wants to play better. I mean, quite frankly, if Talbot's uh, save percentage at the end of the year is 8 9 1, the Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs. That's what his save percentage is through seven games. Now, I'm not suggesting he's played poorly. He is. He has faced a ton of quality chances, and some of this obviously is hung on Edmonton's defense. And I'm talking about, you know, defense as a team, not just the defense men. Uh, I think there have been some forwards who've who've been glaringly, 
you know, uh, deficient in terms of their defensive responsibilities. But on the other hand, I think if you talk to Cam Talbot, he said, you know, he'd tell you there's there's three or four that he feels like should not be on the board, and that directly affects save percentage, and that directly affects win-loss record. I expect him to, you know, continue to, you know, try to find a better level. I I think the Oilers are 3-3-1 and uh, in spite of some things defensively, and in spite of you know, I, I don't want to say Talbot's played poorly, but I, I would stop short of, of saying that Talbot, certainly he hasn't been at a standard from two years ago. I guess I'll leave it at that. I, and, and that's where, at the very least, I think what Cam Talbot wants his game at. And I, I don't think he feels like it's there yet. Uh, I think he feels like it's coming, and he's certainly shown flashes of being that guy. But ultimately, on the whole, I think Talbot and, and, and defensively the Oilers need to be better because, you know, as much as we want to, you know, criticize Edmonton's lack of secondary scoring, the fact remains uh, the Oilers have, have been in some games and, and given up and made some glaring mistakes that have cost them dearly. I mean, for instance, in the Nashville game, sure, you could say they played a, they played a good game, but they – you know, Tom McCollum called it a, a little bit of an impatience. And, and uh, you know, the shot that goes in from P.K. Subban, sure, you can't win if you don't score any goals, Reed, but that's one ultimately I think Cam Talbot will say, you know, i I, I got to stop that. And and that's the standard that Cam holds himself at. And, and again, I think um, it's it's an evolutionary process. That, that some of the reasons behind the quality of chances and the goals that have gone in on Cam is directly related to the caliber of opposition. And that's what Cam has done for this team, is he's put it in a position where, Reed, if you're able to get through the next three games, let's just, let's just even call, let's be conservative and call it a 1-1-1 split. If you come out of this schedule against this caliber of opposition, plus a back-to-back at, on, on the weekend at, say, 4-4-2 four, four, and two through your first ten games, you're laughing. I think the Oilers are in good position. I really do. And some will say, that's ridiculous, Jack. That's a 500 record. That's not going to get you into the playoffs. Well, that is a brutal set of games. You're done with Boston. Uh, you're two-thirds done with Nashville. You've survived a great deal of travel, and your schedule gets imminently easier. So that's where my headspace is at in terms of what Edmonton needs to do over the next three games to feel awfully good about the way they've navigated this brutal opening 10-game stretch. Jack, i got to be uh, quick here. I'll give you 30 seconds. Your Cleveland Browns have gone to overtime four times in seven games. They have a tie, two losses, and a win. NFL shortened overtime to 10 minutes. There have already been a couple ties and a couple of other close calls, especially now that both teams can get a possession if the first one results in a field goal. I think it's time for the NFL to go to the shootout that the CFL and NCAA have. You say? I don't like that either. I I don't think there's an adequate overtime solution in football. I I think it's a difficult one, to be honest with you, Reid. And I don't have a... I don't have a solution. I, I think no matter what you do, uh, you're going you're gonna to end up having a, a tie or two. I know there's no uh, resolution whatsoever from the players to play more than 10 minutes. Uh, they would tell you a 60-minute game is, is more than enough brutality for one Sunday afternoon. So I don't think you're going to see them go back to 15 or 20. Uh, the sudden death gimmick to me is, you know, I'm not a huge fan when I see these, College football scores 56-49. Right. 
<laughs> in triple overtime. So uh, the short answer is, Reed, I wouldn't change it, but I have no alternative solution. I don't necessarily like it either. So I don't know what that is. That's that's not really that's, on the That's fence. as non-committal as you've ever been. Blanket. Is that what I'm being? That, that, is as, that is as non-committal as you've ever been on Inside Sports. Yeah, i got to tell you, I, I, <laughs> I have nothing for you on that, Reed. I don't know what the solution is. And you know me. I think there's an answer for everything, and I think I have the correct yes, one. You usually this think you have This is one of the it. rare cases where you can say, you know what, Jack, truly doesn't know what he's talking about, and he acknowledges he doesn't know what he's talking about. Mark it on your calendar, everybody. (laughs) Jack, I'll see you at the morning skate. Always a pleasure, pal. See ya. That is Jack Michaels, Oilers play-by-play voice on 630Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. Love having Jack on the show. Exciting one last night. Should be more fireworks tomorrow with Ovechkin and the Capitals in town. All right, got to take a quick timeout. You'll hear from Alex Chason, Todd McClellan, and Connor McDavid all coming up. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Another one for the Maple Leafs. Kadri scoring. 3-0 Toronto leading Winnipeg. Eight minutes left in the second period. Islanders up 1-0 on the Panthers halfway through the game. Brock Nelson has his third of the season. Panthers just 1-3-3 to start the season. Good matchup coming up later. The Lightning, 5-1-1, taking on the Avalanche, who are 6-1-2. And the Canucks will meet the Golden Knights later. Vancouver, 5-4. Vegas sitting there at 4-4. Game 2 of the World Series. No score after the first inning. Red Sox took the opener last night. And basketball this evening, two and a half minutes left in the first half. Raptors leading the Timberwolves, 51-42. We got 16 points for Kawhi Leonard in that game. He's shooting 7 for 10 from the floor for the Raptors. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, uh, interested in hearing from you tonight, uh, whether you want to touch on last night's game, what's coming up tomorrow against Washington. The power play, is it going to keep rolling? Chase on, does, is he going to be an answer in, in the top six? What does that mean for Pulu Yarvi? Uh, you can really touch on anything you want, and we'll have uh, some clips on the power play and Chase on as we uh, roll along. Got about a minute here for Jed. Go ahead, Jed. Hey, Reed. I'm Hello. thinking last night when that overtime came and I seen Strom out there, I just pictured what was going to happen. How can a guy at home get out coached and get Crosby on against Strom? That's what I don't get. And the other one that I want to hear about after is Dreisaitl, I find when he plays with McDavid, he's playing at his speed. What I find is the reason why he's getting drawn back is he's got to get somebody on his line that doesn't make him lag. If he's going full bore and he's, he's got his brain working, he's going. If he has to sit and wait around and sort of play around a bit, it sort of takes his mind off what he's doing. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm going to play a clip from McClellan about Strom. Uh, I mean, Strom plays in overtime all the time, Jed. And I don't think think he was out there uh, for a face-off, because I don't think there there was a whistle in overtime, was there? So, I mean, he got... I mean, he got stuck on Crosby, and and, and Crosby yeah. beat him. I, I, I of all the coaching decisions yeah. in that game, I don't know if I'd, yeah. I'd question that one personally. But I'll. I'll oh t- no, 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 no! I just, I just asked, like when the overtime came, awesome game. But yeah. As soon as I seen that, I went, "Oh my gosh, really?" All right, either Thank- dry side or yeah, okay. Thanks, thanks, Jed. 
You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Oh, here is some classic Leopard Kellen Kennedy. Turn it up a bit. Before you were even born, Kellen. Amazing. 83, right? High and Dry was 81. 81, Pyromania wow. was 83. All right. Uh, by the way, I heard Foo Fighters were really good on Monday. Did you go? No, I was here. No, we were here. Uh, Carrie McCarthy from our uh, newsroom went. Did you, I don't know if you knew this. I, I, I didn't know this before uh, Carrie told me. Mm-hmm. Foo Fighters play the music for the John Lennon classic Imagine and sing the lyrics for Jump by Van Halen. Have you heard about this? Weird. That, it is. I don't know how you come up with that. I'll have to YouTube that later. I, I did YouTube it because I was, I was talking to Carrie about the concert. I said, you know, what, could tell me some of the hits, the, the highlights for you. And then she said they, they play Imagine and they sing the lyrics for Jump. And really... The lyrics of David Lee Roth, pretty much the pinnacle of poetry. Can we not agree on that? Yes. I mean, can't you see him standing there? He's got his back against the record machine. It is the better Van Halen lineup, Reed. Uh, I don't think so. I think so. Hagar writes better lyrics, and they were more musically diverse. Van... Though, I like, though I like a lot of, I like the band in general. Well, okay, Van Halen 3 is terrible. Van Hagar is 1990s corporate bleh. Van Halen was the best stuff. Well, first of all, with Hagar, they had two albums that came out in the 80s. Well, late 80s, early 90s. 5150 and OU812. By the way, I will grant you this. OU812, horrible album title. Like, (laughs) like, if they were 12, okay, maybe you give it to them. But they're grown men. What should we call the album? Oh, U812? Yeah. I've seen that novelty plate a couple times in my travels, too. There must be huge Van Halen fans or whatever, but it's just, yeah. Just get these brown M&Ms away from me, Kellen County. That's all I ask. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Randy says if Nurse would have supported Strom in overtime, everything would have been okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I mean, you play man-on-man in overtime, uh, I know Nurse kind of turned like maybe he was going to go down there and help. Um, you know, if both guys go at him, Crosby feeds the puck into the slot to an open guy. I think if Nurse and Strom try to switch, I don't think there was time to do that. Then I think Crosby just charges the net and gets a similar chance anyway. I think Crosby made a great play. And let me throw this at you. If, if McDavid made a play like that in overtime... Would we be talking about what the other team could have done to stop it, or would we just be saying McDavid made a great play? So uh, let's look at it like that, too. Uh, Todd McClellan uh, was uh, asked today, though, about Strom uh, being out on the ice in that situation. Ryan Strom has a good mind. He can skate. He's a right-handed face-off guy. All the things that you need in overtime. All right, so for, uh, for McClellan, you know, he's one of the guys that goes out there, usually second or third wave uh, in overtime for sure. Uh, Mike says the uh, best game at Rogers Place was the first game of the second season. The Oilers looked like they were hosting a workshop on how to play hockey in a heated and skilled Battle of Alberta. It was downhill from there. Well, that's true, Mike. That might have been the highlight of last season, the very first game. Hopefully, 
uh, hopefully that uh, better things to come this year. Uh, Jim says, I had a flashback of Eberle in the playoffs on the Crosby goal. Take the freaking body, man. Jeepers. Well, okay. I mean, look. Easier said than done <laughs> when it's Sidney Crosby, right? Just hit him. Yeah, okay. Just hit him. Absolutely. You go just hit him. There's Barry Sanders rushing the football. Just go tackle him. There's Tom Brady back to throw. Just intercept it. How hard can it be, right? I mean, it, it was Crosby making that play. It wasn't Booger McBoogerton from the St. Vincent School for Poorly Coordinated Boys. Let's, let's remember that. All right. Uh, a little bit here, uh, Yessi Puliyarvi. I know his uh, continued lack of playing time is a discussion. McClellan? I just didn't think he played well last night. He didn't didn't have the puck a lot. He was knocked off pucks. He was on the ice a lot. Um, Jason fit, fit that role. He was having a good night. Happens in a game. All right, so Puliyarvi got bumped down. Jason got bumped up. Uh Puliyarvi hasn't been good enough. He hasn't seized any opportunity that he's had. Maybe he should just stay with Strom and Lucic, especially with Strom that uh, you know appears to be a more comfortable, uh, comfortable combination. Randy says, "Why do you always give Nurse breaks on this most overrated defenseman on the team?" Okay. Like, like, Randy, what, what's what's your point? Okay, you don't like Darnell Nurse. Thank you for sharing. I read your text. I mean, if you want him to cover two guys in overtime so Strom can cover nobody, then I guess then he's overrated. Okay, thanks, Randy. Thanks for contributing, Randy. Uh, Dale from the Ditch says, Reed, old Van Halen, way better. Saw them four times. Way more exciting than watching the Oilers' power fate from last season when it was in the Ditch, Dale. Absolutely. Alex, who is our gentleman who's updating uh, Carlson's beard throughout the season. Right. No beard update today. I think that's coming next week. Mm. Uh People are way too salty about this game. They fought hard for the point, and they didn't give up to push it out. Plus, this is the Penguins. They're a dynasty club. Jim says, don't be ridiculous, Reed. All it takes is to get in his way, and it's no goal. Please don't broadcast your ignorance. Well, thanks for that, Jim. I get your texts all the time, and generally you're, pos- you're uh, negative and insulting. So thanks for broadcasting your lack of a pleasant personality i mean seriously guys it's 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 so damn easy to stop Sidney crosby eh like it's so it's like other teams must be thinking like well it's so easy to stop mcdavid why does he keep getting two points against us so easy to stop austin matthews shot it's just a fluke he's getting all this goals i mean jim that has to be the most ignorant text you have ever sent to the show you know what jim you're banned from texting for a month don't you do not text for 30 days Go put your phone in the corner, and you, can't, you cannot text the show for 30 days. Okay, mark it on your calendar. You're banned from the text line for 30 days, Jim. Of all the garbage you've sent the show, Jim, that's the worst. And yeah, I wish I could say this to you face-to-face. 
think Jim got the message? Loud and clear, I got I the message. So. <laughs> uh, this texter says, Oilers fan or not, it's a shame no one has called Crosby's goal top 10 highlight goal of the year contender. Well, actually, Jack did yesterday. Jack and Bob talked about it right after the game, but that's a that's a goal of the year contender. Absolutely. That's Heck, right you'll up see there. it on the big uh, year-end specials that all the sports networks do as probably as one of the highlights of the year. That was nice. And uh, another texter says, uh, world's best player, these guys saying that that goal could have been defended, need to wake up. Some text to 63630. All right, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. The Oilers' power play is definitely a story here. Last in the league last season, it was terrible. It was not effective, couldn't get them key goals. This year, so far, so good, coming in 30.4%. Let's go back two years. We played ping pong. We were uh, one of the top power plays uh, in the league from about November on a couple years ago, and things were going our way. Pucks were going in the net. Um, Last year, we struggled. We lost some confidence. Uh, We tried to change some things. We've really gone back to basics and uh, tried to keep a unit together for a long extended period. Um, There's a lot of experts out there that don't like two, five left-handed shots. A lot of experts don't like Clef. They'd rather have Bouchard on the back end. There's just a lot of experts, and we're not letting the experts get in the way. We're trying to do what we think is best for the team. And, uh, you know, so far that group, that Group A has done a good job. It doesn't mean it will continue that way. Uh, but the difference is the uh, the attack mode. They're willing to shoot a little bit more, and pucks are going in where last year they weren't. Connor's goal last year didn't go in for whatever reason. This year it went in, and uh, we hope that continues. Rebound Lucic, right corner McDavid, looking and dishing. Left ball, high slot McDavid, wrist shot, score! We found ways to capitalize on our chances. I still think that we could you know, be better in the zone. Um, you know, we seem to be scoring a little bit off the rush, which is, is good. I mean, power play is supposed to get goals, and, and we've been finding a way to do that. But um, you know, it needs to build momentum when uh, when pucks aren't going in the net either. I think just more direct. Um, you know, we're just trying to get pucks to the net, keep it simple. I think last year we tried to dust it off too much, and um, you know, go through the seam a bunch, and you know, look for the beautiful play. We're just just trying to get the puck to the net and bang away. And here come the Oilers, three on two, left to right, over the line, dry settle to McDavid, back in front, score! Leon dry settle, second of the game, set up by McDavid, and once again the power play converts off the rush. We are a little bit quicker. We we have a tendency to be hungrier on retrievals. So uh, when the puck does get to the net or or happens to be uh, loose, we we're a little hungrier, a little quicker to to pounce on it. And um, all of that comes with confidence. All of that comes with working. Um, there has been some risk in our power play that we have to tighten up. We've got a little bit sloppy at times where other teams can, can turn and attack. We've scored more off the rush this year than we ever did last year. Um, be it Connor or anybody carrying the puck in. We saw another one last night. Uh, but I thought last year we, we tended to uh, to want to set up and then score. We're, we're more prepared to attack off the rush as well this year. 
Well, yeah, the power play is a lot better. They they are scoring off the rush, and I think with McDavid, they're going to have the ability to do that. Uh, before they scored the rush goal in the third period yesterday, they, they gave up a scoring chance, so there has been some loose play on the power play. There was the shorthanded goal against by the Nashville Predators on Saturday night, but they are moving the puck uh, a little better, creating some more opportunities around the crease with second chances, and as uh, McDavid said in there, not dusting it off as much, getting it to the net, trying to look for rebounds and loose pucks. The Oilers will not make the playoffs without special teams that if you add up the power play percentage and the penalty killing percentage, uh, if they're if they're not above 100, if that if that combined number isn't above 100, they will not be in the playoffs. Uh, I, that's, I, I think, the goal here. So you're looking at, you know, whatever, maybe your penalty killing's 80, 82, your power play's 25, add those together, it's over 100. That'll give them a chance because that'll swing the goal differential. Um, the Fizzler who is a uh, infrequent but entertaining texter to Inside Sports. He says, back in the Idaho Dust Bowl League, we stop guys like Crosby all the time. Said by every fool who played minor hockey. <laughs> that is the fizzler. Texting 630-630. Alex, chase on two goals, a goal post, and an injury. You'll hear from him when we get back. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 630, 630 is our text line. What is uh, picked up here in the last few minutes? Richard says, I thought the Oilers played quite well overall. They no doubt learned a lot, built some confidence hanging with an elite team all night long, uh, rather than, uh, or not getting better than getting spanked in front of their home crowd. They even took the lead a couple of times, which was nice. I think Strom was out there against Crosby because he has some defensive abilities. That's what you need in a third-line center. That text is from Richard. Ryan says, I think it's good that the Oilers are playing like they want to win. Can't win every game, but their attitude is a large improvement. Another texter simply says, uh, bigger problem is that uh, Talbot's save percentage is under 900. Well, fair point. Uh, Rob or uh, Jack was talking about that in the last half hour. I, you know, I think seven games in, so we'll see where it goes from Talbot. I think he's had a couple of really good games, three games where he was, you know, maybe good or average, and then maybe a couple where he wasn't so solid. So we'll see which way it goes for sure. Irish Andy. Says, I said the same thing at work about Nurse having to stay away or Crosby makes an all-world pass instead of a beauty play by one of the best, and that's coming from a Flyers fan. Now I have to smash my text finger with a hammer for speaking in such a manner about the Pens who are scum. (laughs) That's a great one from Irish Andy. Covered all his bases. (laughs) That's reluctantly complimenting. The uh, Pittsburgh Penguins from a Philadelphia's Flyer fan. Thank you very much uh, for Mandy. I'll get to more text at 6.30, Got to talk a little bit about Alex Chason. Gets his first two goals as an Edmonton Oilers. Here's Chason, and he bulldozed his way through Daniel Sprong. Turned and shot. That was blocked. Got it back. Fired and scored. What a play by Alex Chason. Obviously, I, I hadn't played in a while. In the first game against Nashville Saturday, I uh, looked back to my shifts, and uh, I felt like, 
usually down low offensively that's that's where my game is at so I, I felt like I was giving the puck a lot more instead of holding on to it caught off a young guy with a reverse shoulder so uh, that feels nice and I was actually trying to, to hit Cass uh, off the shot and kind of rebound I followed to the net and yeah, I think the replay uh, looked a lot nicer than uh, how it felt on the ice. Try to settle and chase on, but here comes Edmonton looking for the equalizer. What timer score? Reader down the middle of the ice, setting up Alex Chase on, and he's got two. Chaser is all business when he's at the rink. He is focused on his job. He's been uh, a player that's bounced around a little. He's played on some really good teams, maybe not so good teams. Uh, he's had some real strong years. He's had some off years, but he's all business when he comes. He, he wants to get better. He recognizes what the team might need. All right, Chase on good game, and uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him on Leon Dreisaitl's right wing to start the game tomorrow. Again, he did not practice today, did come out and talk to the media, stitches to his left ear, so he'll have uh, some likely helmet modifications so he can play safely tomorrow. 3-0, Toronto leads Winnipeg after two, Islanders up 2-0 on the Panthers after two, Jordan Everly gets his first of the season, later Lightning against the Avalanche and the Canucks against the Golden Knights. World Series, game Game two is into the third inning. The Red Sox lead the Dodgers 1-0. And, of course, they're already up 1-0 in the series. Seven minutes left in the third quarter. Raptors 70, Timberwolves 60. Uh, Mark the Tile guy has texted in. I will get to that after the news. And another texter. This is the... Is it a full moon? People just in a weird mood today? One texter simply says, Is Rob Brown bald? Forget, forget about the power play. Forget about Talbot. Forget about the Eskimos' playoff hopes. What's Rob Brown's hair situation? 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.